0: Varmt välkommen!
1: Du lyssnar på en inspelning från internationell författarscen på Kulturhuset Stadsteatern med författaren Marie Darjöseck i samtal med Anneli Duva, Sveriges Radio. Mitt namn är Ingemar Fast. Jag är konstnärlig ledare för litteraturscenen i detta stora allkonsthus vid Sägerstorg. Låt samtalet ta sin början.
0: Well, good evening to all of you, and good evening, and very, very welcome. Good evening, <laughs> yes, first of all, of course, after the last few days, how do you feel about being here tonight?
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> how do you feel think. about leaving Paris right now?
1: Um, I feel happy to be here because it because life goes on, and i this was scheduled several months ago, so uh, there's no reason that I should not be here. Um, it was just a bit more complex to take the plane today, because um, uh, first, we are not in a state of war. Uh, I insist on that, because uh, the president, François Hollande, is talking about war. In Paris, there is no war at all. I, I've been in Beirut, I've been in Sarajevo after the wars, of course. This is not war, of course. But we have to take some um, precautions we have, that we already took, in fact. So this morning, uh, there was this shooting in Saint Denis, and the motorway crosses Saint and the train also crosses them, so I took a taxi to get through another road. These little details are what is changing. And for example, my kids don't go to the swimming pool anymore, or don't go to the gymnasium anymore. All the, they stay inside the school. They are not allowed to be in groups of children Outside the school, and all this is very sad, but it's also very
0: reasonable. So that's how life goes on. Mm. You wrote a piece that was published in the Dagens Nyheter in mm. in January after Charlie Hebdo. A piece that was uh, it was very much about France as the country of Voltaire, mm. uh, a symbol for freedom and freedom of mind, freedom of speech. Uh, but have you always felt uh, aware that you're part of this philosophical and cultural tradition when it comes it's, to the? It's a bit
1: weird to, for me to <laughs> be a representative of France all of a sudden. And I've been asked a lot of uh, papers ab- abroad here, but also in India or in America, and uh, be- because people know that I can write quickly <laughs> and efficiently. <laughs> But I'm not that French. Uh, I was born in Basque country. I'm not going to get into details, but I I could have been Spanish if I had lived just two kilometers across the frontier. My mother and my grandparents spoke Basque at home and Spanish. Uh, I I speak three languages and English. So I'm French, okay. But, Mm. for example, I I have always a hard time singing La Marseillaise uh, because of the words that are very violent and also because... I'm French, OK, but it's complex. And France is not perfect. And it has not been perfect for the Basque, for example. And it's a country and a civilization that it's wonderful. I mean, the literature is wonderful. The language is wonderful. But it's also, um, it can be very, um, very arrogant. You know that. And <laughs> <laughs> So I'm the daughter of Voltaire, yeah. of Victor Hugo, of the revolution, etc. But also I'm also the daughter of uh, smaller uh, countries, of um, fragile ideas, of things that are more uh, subtle, yes. perhaps. So it, I, I'm wounded. I mean, I'm really wounded for Paris. I love Paris. I'm not so sure that I love France, if you see
0: the difference. Yes, I see the difference. Mm. But when did you become aware that you are part of this tradition anyway, no matter how French you feel? At six, yeah. at school, because, <laughs> yes. because the French school is so powerful and it gives you these very strong
1: ideas that are ideas for life. Mm-hmm. Liberté, égalité, mm-hmm. fraternité. It doesn't work so well. Uh, we know that. We have not been very uh, fraternelle or égalitaire for a lot of minorities and we pay it now perhaps. But do, do we deserve to be killed for that? Yes. No. I mean, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I am also fed up with the guiltiness. I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty of anything. And my. 15 years old boy he's not guilty of anything mm. so i'm a bit fed up with you know the leftist i'm a, i'm a leftist but with the leftist uh, speech that it's our fault mm. you know <sighs> come on so um i'm yeah I, i'm i'm the daughter of voltaire um, and I, I, I was brought up with all this. But I was brought up with other things. But mm. today, yes, of course, I'm French.
0: Yes, but but as an intellectual then, no mm. matter what nationality mm. or however you feel that way, do you feel that you have a certain responsibility when it comes to well, occasions like a, this? It's a yeah. great country to be a writer. Mm. It's perhaps the best country to be a writer
1: and to be an intellectual. Uh, And I have have a responsibility, a very obvious one, because I write in the press. So when you write or when you speak speak on the radio, you have a responsibility, of course. Uh, Which responsibility, exactly? Um, I'm not too... Mm -hmm. For example, after Charlie Hebdo, I spent a lot of time, really too much time for my little life, to explain in English to the anglophone world, and especially the Americans, uh, that Charlie Hebdo is not what they think. Okay? There was a lot of pedagogy to do, because it's such a French newspaper that if you don't speak French, you miss a lot of its humor. And also, uh, it's very hard to understand for... A lot of people on the planet, and I've been traveling a lot, that you have a right to have fun at God, and you even have a right to live without God. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I think we are the French and and also Scandinavia, uh, because we are not alone. Uh, and, and and a lot of and the, and England also, we are people who can live without God. We know how to do that, and we are happy to be without God, which is very hard to understand for. In fact, not the majority of the planet, but a lot of people on the planet. Um, So that I I know. I mean, I know that I can speak about the freedom of mind and about the fact that... um, it's good to have fun at God, yes. Mm, yes. But there was also, and that's why they targeted us. Y- yes, be- but, but because
0: we are symbolic of that. Yes, but there's also difference be- between Charlie Hebdo and and also. Of course, yes.
1: What happens? Her- it's different. It was sometimes hard to. We, I heard too much uh, that it was Charlie Hebdo's fault, and it was. It added a lot to my suffering. And to really my rage. <laughs> uh, today, uh, how, I mean, everybody will agree that the terrorists are bad people, you know. Uh, so there is a feeling of union, of unity in mm. France today. I don't know ne- next week, because we are very good at, uh, you know, being uh, the French against the French. Um, <sighs> What I want to say also, but perhaps now there have been a lot of articles this past day. What you have to understand is that the terrorists knew what they did when they targeted the east of Paris. The east of Paris is the most brilliant part of Paris today. And it's been going on like that since uh, one generation. I knew the beginning of... um, uh, Saint-Germain-des-Prés was too expensive, okay. So gradually, all the young people went to the east where it was cheap, where you could have a cheap beer. Bad, lukewarm, but cheap. And you could gather around it. And it's all in the east. And actually, the the trajectory of the killing, I'm not talking about Le Stade de France. Apparently, it failed the attack on the Stade de France. It could have been much worse. But the trajectory of the killing, from La Rue de Charonne, La Belle Équipe, the the bar called La Belle Équipe, to Le Bataclan, the the concert venue, to La Rue d'Alibert, Le Petit Cambodge et Le Carillon, through La Rue de la Fontaine au Roi. I know all these places. I know all the bars. It's, uh, it's about, I don't know, 35 minutes walk. And in a car with a gun, it takes five minutes. They knew exactly what they targeted. They targeted the party, the party of the young people. And when you see the list of the dead, they were so young and uh, educated. They were. The jobs they had, they were us, they, they were okay? So educated. It was the best part of Paris, and they knew what they did. And I'm so angry. <laughs> because it's, uh, I mean, when they targeted Charlie Hebdo, my friends there, they targeted, okay, mm. people who were blasphematories or whatever. But now, it's, um, I mean, that's absolutely, wow.
0: <laughs> yes, Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's, they published actually a page today mm. in Dagens Nyheter, also with victims. I, I'm going yes. to give an example, uh, yes, and, and,
1: and uh, I'm, I'm talking about her a lot at the moment. It, she's a friend of a friend. Her name is Hoda. and she was uh, 35 and she was having a party for her birthday, 35 birthday uh, at La Belle Équipe uh, with all her friends and her sister, and they killed the 18 people were outside. It was warm. People were having drinks outside on the terrace. And they killed the full terrace. And uh, she was 35. She was incredibly beautiful. It's stupid, I mean. Uh, but, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not mm. worse because she was beautiful. But she was so full of life and uh, and she was from arab background and she was typical she was a parisian typical she was she was you know the expression an it girl she was very well dressed she was uh, she was beautiful and she was living you know uh, her life without i mean knowing that religion is a private matter okay mm. like everybody else in paris so i think she's quite symbolic of uh, what they wanted to kill free
0: women of all backgrounds Yes, uh, your latest novel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, it has something to do with this, also. Yes, it's called "Man måste älska männen mycket" in Swedish. Il faut beaucoup aimer, les hommes. Uh, and the title is from a quotation by Marie Duras, mm-hmm. and uh, you must love the men a lot, a lot, a lot. Love them a lot to love them. If you don't do that, it's unbearable. You can't stand them." (laughs) And that was my translation through Swedish and French, (laughs) so I don't know, but you get the idea. Mm. But you also said to me, this has something to do, really, I mean, this very title. You, you saw a connection there to to what happened. It's yes. more it's
1: more because it's a it's a story of a, a black man and a white woman who love each other and and uh, and <laughs> I mean it's a story of people who prefer to mix together and to try to find solutions to their differences than to kill each other. I mean it's very basic, but uh, I, it's a story of people that are in a qui sont fluides that they live in a sort of fluidity of a, a sort of freedom that. Uh, where you just try to make your differences get into a flow, okay? And I think the the terrorists want exactly to kill that. They want people to stay into their little
0: boxes, death boxes, and not to mix together. And um, well. Yes, but it's also kind of a typical relation, I'd say. It's a, it's a white woman in this case, and she falls in love or she doesn't just fall in love. She's she's totally yeah, obsessed, she totally obsessed. Yes, loses. Herself, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a black man. And he, on the other hand, is obsessed With by his... the fact he wants to do a new film, filming of Joseph Conrad's uh, uh, Into the Darkness in, in Africa and the heart of darkness. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, And uh, would it be possible at all to to reverse the roles?
1: OK. It's it's a story of a woman that completely loses herself uh, in this relationship. And um, I've also seen men uh, waiting and waiting for women. But I think uh, the education of women uh, has this effect that we all have a sleeping beauty in our mind, that we are educated, the women, to wait for somebody to wake you up. Okay? And to, that life starts with a man, more than men. I've seen men wait, waiting, but they are not programmated to wait this way. And um, if you remember Sleeping Beauty, uh, it's a story of a, of a young girl who sleeps for 100 years. During which time the prince is in on his horse with his big sword, cuts through the forest and fights, and is very active. And then he kisses her, and she wakes up. So we have we have this pattern in our mind: the women, alas, alas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I try to educate my my, ki- my kids, boys and girls, um, in in the same way. But the, the the society is so powerful that the, the TV, the images, mm-hmm. that even my girls, they have a prince in their mind. You know, they mm-hmm. have a prince in their mind. But anyway, and yeah. um, and so my Solange, my character, my my, she 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 falls in love desperately, and and she waits, she waits, and she waits. He's a he's a good guy. He's mm-hmm. a good guy. But he doesn't, and he he never asked to be waited that way. He wants her to go on being active and and sexy, because a woman that waits too much, she's not sexy anymore. And uh, and also, it's it's a it's a modern book because I mean modern in the way that this crazy little (laughs) takes a very big place (laughs) in the novel because she (laughs) waits for it for for his texts. Um, And I think the waiting has always existed, of course. Madame Bovary uh, is the uh, madone des femmes qui attendent. Mm -hmm. Madame Bovary keeps Mm -hmm. waiting during the whole novel of Flaubert. Um, And I like these characters very much of women doing nothing, stuck at home, and waiting, because they are very Romanesque. They dream a lot, which is very good for a writer. Yes. I, I love it. But
0: this is just one part of the novel, though, yeah, because it's, yes. also, it's also about racism. It's very much about the color of the skin. Yes, yes. yes it's about uh, colonization, colonization. Or, yes. yes, and about exoticism, yes. It's and about
1: all, all this. Yes. It's about all this, except that it is, we are always in the mind of Solange, and Solange doesn't care. She so much doesn't care about post-colonialism, et cetera. And he keeps on telling her, even our couple is political, mm. and she just wants to love a man. Mm. And, uh, and she wants to be in a bubble with him. Yes. And, and it's not possible. Mm. It's not possible. And so she follows him. Uh, and very far, in a way, very, very far. She, she even manages to get a role in, in his movie, and a little humiliating role. And, and she follows him in, in, into um, Africa, Cameroon. And, and she's brave because she's never been in Africa, etc. So it's also an
0: adventure. Yes. I, I had fun writing the novel. Perhaps we shouldn't tell what happens with the little role in the film.
1: It's ve- it's really the end
0: of the yes, of the yes, movie. Okay. I was okay, going we'll to say that. that. that no, yes, le- leave yes. a little bit of we'll suspense. It, yes, <laughs> we'll leave it to you. Yes, but but. Um, why did you want to write it? I mean, because there are so many different topics. What was your aim? What did you mm. want? OK. Um, like, I mean, it's
1: not a secret. Like many writers, I also write with my life. And I, I have loved men a lot. Mm. <laughs> and they were of all colors. And I, at some point, I wanted to say something, to write something about that, uh, loving a black man. Uh, and. It, And there are so many different ways of being black. You're not black uh, in the Antilles or in America or in the West of Africa or in the East of Africa or in South Africa, the same way. There are so many ways of being black. And and I wanted to, um, to write that story with a kind of naive character. I like very much naive characters because they enable me to have the readers guess things that are not written, if you see what I mean. I like to write books where the reader has to play a part, you know, has to to have his own or her own opinion about what's happening. So Solange is kind of naive, but not too much. She's she's not stupid at all. Mm. She's just not very educated, mm. and not educated at all about Conrad, post-colonialism, mm. um, the frontiers between uh, Cameroon and Congo. Oh, there are two Congos: Brazzaville, <laughs> Kinshasa. She couldn't care less. Mm. Really, she couldn't care less. She loves this man so, mm. and he keeps on talk. He's very talkative. Yes. He talks a lot, and she just wants to kiss him. <laughs> and so, and there are also some comical aspects of the of this misunderstanding. You know, she. So, um, what was your question? Then, no, no,
0: no why, why you wanted to write it? What, what really was your oh, aim yeah, okay, because I of, in all of this? Okay. yes, Writers write with yeah. stories they yes. live
1: or yeah. they hear. Oh. And so, I, I, a friend of mine who, who was born in Cameroon and who is uh, a, a, now a, an academic in Harvard, oh. told me, um, I asked him once, have you ever been really victim of racism? And he said, not directly, no, never. I've never been insulted, for example, because we live in, in a background where it doesn't happen. But for example, and there's a scene in the book, he, he was very proud, and it took place in France. He was very proud of his new car, and it was a big Mercedes. And, uh, and he wanted it to be really clean and shiny to go somewhere. And uh, he stopped at, a, you know, this posh washing car's garages, whatever. So somebody does the washing, and he he comes back to see if it's well done. He takes the keys, and there's a car parking next to him. And a white guy, French guy, white, gets out, sees him, Mm. talks to him, saying, tu, you know. Hey, toi là, now that you've done this one, you'll do mine. Mm. And he thought, because he was black, that he was obviously the washing guy, you know. So this is typical um, Mm. of uh, it. Yes, it is racist, but it is also ignorant, stupid. I mean, racism is also always ignorant. But this, it's this zone
0: where the misunderstanding is, is, is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Absurd. But, 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 but how was it received then? What did they, people write about or discuss about the book?
1: Oh, in France? Yes, oh, in France. In- yes. Okay, something happened. Uh, which is quite typical of France too, perhaps. But uh, when uh, the book had a price, Le Prix Médicis, and um, when I exactly the same week, uh, Christiane Taubira, the Minister of Justice, who is a black woman, was insulted in a really racist way, and I. I was really surprised because I thought that racism was over. I thought that racism belonged to the generation of my grandparents. The animalization, she was compared to a monkey, and bananas were thrown at her. So I thought, oh my, I was still there? Mm. And so I I dedicated the prize, the Médicis prize, to her, obviously, because it was a story of racism. And this led to after that we did some mm-hmm. actions together. But um with an association. But anyway, um the book was well received um because I think the book is not too directly like against racism. I mean I I, I like to think of my writing like something more subtle than mm-hmm. just racism is bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so uh I think the book deals with the the little spot of racism that we all have and that is very disturbing uh, and that is that we have to control uh, because um, are, are we sure we're not really racist? I'm always afraid, you know, that my unconscious is awfully racist or whatever. Yes. And there's a scene in the book that I think it's very, um, tells something about Paris perhaps, She goes to introduce her black fiancé in a dinner in Paris. And when her friend, who receives them, opens the door, instead of saying, Hello, come in, how are you? The first reaction is, Oh, when he sees the black man. Oh. So Solange asks herself, is it racist? But he's also very tall. He's also very tall. Of course. <laughs> he's also very tall. <laughs> but that's exactly mm-hmm. how I like to write, because nothing is really simple. And she she asks us, is it a re- ra- racist reaction or is it legitimate surprise? But then she thinks, so, I should have warned him. Warned him of what? That he's black?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, Yeah, we could talk about this all night, I guess. And we have this ongoing discussion in Sweden as well, whether Mm whether Sweden is racist, whether there is a lot of structural racism, which there is, of course, or whether it's really an open country. And of course, yeah. both of them are true and I think the, the two, two that countries have yes, yes.
1: points in common uh, because we also we are a democracy, but yes. with, we also have a very long tradition of
0: fascism yes. and very powerful too. But, but we have to move on, I think. Yeah? <laughs> <Okay>. And uh, <laughs> who is Solange then? Because Solange uh, is also the main character in, in another yes. novel, by, uh, which is called "Klev" mm-hmm. in French and uh, "Flickan mm-hmm. i Klev" in Swedish. Mm-hmm. And uh, who, who is she? How do you feel about Solange? Uh, she, she's. she's uh, my, my son laughs at me because
1: once we did a... Uh, he came with me to a radio show and I thought stupidly that he was going to be interested with all the buttons and everything. Mm-hmm. But no, he listened to his mother talking about Solange and I said, Solange, c'est mon alter ego. <laughs> and now he keeps repeating the sentence <laughs> to have fun at me. Solange, c'est mon alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. She's my alter ego. Mm-hmm. She's, she's another me. She's me without... Um, she's me without the writing Mm. that's that's simple she's me if I had not been a writer Mm. so but her her, her childhood her teenagehood is very close to mine and um, she became a comedian uh not a very. She's good, but she da, she's not a star. She's a second-rank comedian in Hollywood, like some French actresses who manage to have a role in, in Hollywood, but always the same role, uh, the romantic mm. French girl mm. or, or the bitch, you know, either. Um, and she's a bit fed up with it. Yes. And she meets this black man who has the same problem, even if it's not exactly the same, but he, see, he's black, so he's a a dealer, a boxer, a cop, sometimes a priest. Yes. And they are so fed up with labels, you know, because Hollywood is the big machine to make up all these stereotypes. I love Hollywood, but it's, it's a, a machine. So Solange is a, a woman that tries to be free, but she has an accident, and this accident is this man. Mm. She falls in, in, a, in the gap of passion. And passion is not love, it's different. In love, you, you, you develop yourself. in passion, you, you
0: shrinkle, you, you, you lose yourself. Mm. But you're also a psychoanalyst. Yeah, that's a yeah. long story too. <laughs> mm, yes. But I, I was wondering, now you say she's your alter ego in mm-hmm. Swedish it's and uh, there is, might be some kind of psychological connection also something you could say about that. I don't know. Or, or how much does it mean to you as a writer that you also have this other profession? How much do they reflect on each other, or how do they connect? Uh, they connect
1: because of the mm. words. Uh, mm. But uh, there's a major
0: difference uh, between
1: psychoanalysis and literature: is that psychoanalysis is with oral words and with all the little accidents of orality, while writing there are also accidents in writing, but they are not the same at all. All I know is that when I write, I, I, I have a plan, I, I, but I never write it down. I let it be free and moving in my mind. For example, I, there, it's been now three years that I'm thinking about the next novel, and it's moving all the time. And the world is changing too, so it's, it's moving like that. And I, have to, I, I need this uh, lability, you know, this uh, fluidity. Uh, and when I write the first sentence, I let everything go, and I use my unconsciousness. I don't. I try not to think too much. I'm not exactly a thinker. I'm not. I'm not a political commentator. I'm. I'm not. A, I'm not even a journalist. I, I'm. I'm a dreamer. I daydream a lot. I, when I write my books, I need to daydream and let them go, come. And then when I start the first draft, oh, that's the only thing I want to do. And. I, I, Everything I, I don't know I, nothing can stop yes. me then <laughs> no but,
0: but one Swedish critic also wrote that she would like to to read a third book, another book about Solange: uh, there's well, one uh, the
1: one in my mind yes <laughs>
0: the,
1: alors, it's mm. not exactly about Solange mm. I, when I, I need to have fun when mm. I write, if not, I get bored so I, uh, it's not about Solange it's about her best friend, Rose, who appears perhaps not many times, but six or seven times in this novel. And Rose is the friend, the best friend, that tells Solange, come on, what are you doing? This is silly, this story is silly, stop. Well, I want to tell the story of Rose, of this best friend. So I want to tell, she's a psychologist, so I want to tell a lot of things about her life as a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And it's my way of, um, she will, at some point, very unexpectedly in our life, meet migrant people. uh, from Not from Syria, from Africa, from Niger, I think. Um, And what I want to do is, I don't want to, again, I don't want to talk about racism directly. And I don't want to talk about migrants directly. We we have so many information, so many... uh, it doesn't stop uh, the, the, what we get, all the informations we receive, all the stereotypes we receive also. I want to tell the story you know avec un pas de Cote uh, mm. on the side, yes and uh, I know exactly wh- how I will do it, and now I can't wait to start the novel yes mm.
0: but that's also very much I mean that's that's reality, that's something that's going on, mm-hmm. and' it's, it's very urgent and very mm-hmm. it's now yeah. Yes, it's, a, it's, it's now. the big event yes, of today yes.
1: it's it, it's not it's terrorism okay but the big the real big event of our generation of now it's this migration this really big migration from, to be simple, the South to the North. And we knew that since the 80s. We knew that the South was going to come because it's unbearable. It's not only unbearable to live in Syria today, it's unbearable to live even, I've been in Niger recently, even in Cameroon. Even in a, I mean, Cameroon is very diverse. In the North, it's war with Boko Haram. But in the South, you can live, it's peaceful, except that you don't have any future. You are a young man or a young woman, you don't know what to do with your life. There's no job, there's no thing, there's no money. So of course they come, of course. And they are ready, as you know, to die to come. Yes. So I want to talk about that. It's the big event of today.
0: But you've also said that you really that you love fiction. Yeah. Yes. So, how do you deal with this then, mm-hmm. when it's so much reality and you have to. What, what, what's, how do you go about working?
1: I don't know. All I know is that I've, I've been dealing with it forever. Yes. So, I, 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 what would block me would be to write directly about it. I can write in the magazines or in the newspapers about it, and I'm not that clever. I mean, I'm much better in fiction, I'm, I'm better with the metaphor, I'm better with the the freedom of seeing things a bit on the side. And uh, I know I will be... I have my ways of... um, It's been three years that I have this idea, uh, this starting point in the life of Rose, a a specific meeting with a migrant. It's not a love story. It's something else. Uh, I I can't say everything, okay? No, no, no. (laughs) But um, I... And reality is going very fast. The last time I have been a bit uh, seized by reality, I was uh, writing a novel about um, a secret agent. And suddenly there was uh, September 11 in uh, 2001. And I thought, oh my god, the secret agents I'm talking about, they are irrelevant. So I started everything afresh. And it, it and gave a completely different novel, White. But it's called White. Yes. But anyway, now reality is going very fast. and. When I had first this idea three years ago, I was dealing with a small pirogue, a small bark, crossing the Mediterranean Sea. Now there are much bigger boats, uh, much more people, not always taking the same routes. Lampedusa, for example, Lampedusa, it's over. There's There's nobody else except well, the people who live there. Now it's more Sicily and Greece, of course, and Libya plays a different role than three years ago, etc. So reality is going much faster yes. than my imagination, but it doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'll deal with it. Yes, but but it's also you, you, now you mentioned white, mm. which is uh, it takes place in the South mm-hmm. Pole, yeah. and it's also it's sort of a voyage, it's an exploration, mm-hmm. and I was wondering because you sort of what you do at least that it seems like that to me as a reader is that you do explore uh, yes. all the time oh, yes. is that is yeah. that very important to you in uh, your work I, I,
1: it's exactly the word i yeah. i i think of myself like an explorer with words uh, and with uh, music i mean what's it's even more important than the story the musicality of the rhythm uh, and and the structure the balance of the novel it's uh, I have it in my mind it, it's it's like music um, but um, I for example for this novel at some point when she is going to go to Africa and I, I had been there several times in different countries uh, suddenly I realized I needed to go back because I needed to see the big ancient forest, and I did not really know it. So I asked my editor some money, and I <laughs> took a plane, and I organized um, a really... I hired a bodyguard, uh, a pygmy guide, and a, um, a, a piroguier, uh, you know, a, a man on a boat to, to row me on, on the river. And I, um, I, first I wanted to go to Congo, and a friend of mine, uh, another writer, Jean Rollin, told me... Listen. When you travel, do you seek uh, emmerdement? How do you say that? Do you seek ah <laughs> désemmerdement? <laughs> do do you seek? Ah zut, je vais pas y arriver. I mean, he said, he told me, avoid Congo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he told me, avoid Congo. Don't go there alone, even with a bodyguard. Go, go to Gabon or Cameroon. So I went to Cameroon and I could get inside the forest, really, really deep, uh, on this little boat on the on the river, and I got. And I only stayed five days in the forest, but I got all these impressions that I needed. I have a big imagination, but I cannot imagine everything. Yes. And in five days, I, I, I got little things that, that could open me a, a world. Mm-hmm. And I came back, and I could go on writing. Mm-hmm. So I, Sometimes I'm an explorer, a little one, but I need to go there. I really need to go. Did
0: you go to the South Pole as well? No,
1: but my (laughs) husband did. (laughs) And uh,
0: so he told me so many things. It was irresistible. I Mm -hmm. had to write them down. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because you say, I mean, it's it's an interesting mixture then of of reality and of exploring and of fiction and reality as well. And uh, your novel, The Baby, Mm -hmm. uh, which came out in uh, 2002, Two. when you had your first, yes. when you had had mm-hmm. your first child, I, I reviewed that one, and and I was looking at that re- review now, and and I I saw that I had written that it's an act of resistance to write about motherhood this way, to claim the right to treat motherhood as an important topic and not something way down in the intellectual hierarchy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a book of thoughts that I was really thrilled to read at the time. I also had a baby about that mm-hmm. time. And I, I ended my review by saying that this might enrich feminism as well as literature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> but, but, but now you have uh, three children. Uh, what would you say that motherhood has, has done to you? Or has that had an effect on your work as well? Uh, all I know is that I'm more scared
1: than before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how it affects my writing. And as you know, uh, the world will change when you will ask that question to male writers too. You know, fatherhood changes a lot of things too. I don't know how Yeah, because
0: that was also one of the things I liked about the book, that yeah, yeah. you actually wrote about being a parent. Yes. I mean, it was from your perspective as a mother, but it was about being a parent, and also about that both parents, of course. All are, I know... Yes. I I don't know what...
1: It it changes more life than the writing. My writing is so solid and it comes from my own childhood that actually there are not so many things that I can change it. what changes is that when, I, when I, I, I've decided to write at Charlie Hebdo after the attacks in January, uh, I was very scared because as a mother, uh, and I think you are more free when you have no children, when you have nothing to lose. So that is a really actual change. I would be more free without them. But uh, of course I prefer my life with them. Yes.
0: But this uh, conflict in a way that you described in this uh, book about... How am I going to be the one that I am, mm-hmm. and also being a parent? It's also different. because,
1: uh, as you, as you no. rightly put it, I am. I am not only the daughter of Voltaire. I'm the daughter of Simone de Beauvoir, mm-hmm. and Simone de Beauvoir chose uh, to be only an intellectual and not a mother. She did that choice very radically. Uh, it was relevant in the 50s uh, when the right of abortion was not uh, actual, when uh, when it was hard to get contraception, etc. Today, I mean. Uh, like Sweden, uh, France is a good country to have kids. Uh, we have a very good system of, of daycare, you know, and most, uh, I think, 85% of the mothers work, which is one of the highest rates on the planet. So actually, it's not a problem. Mm. It's not a problem. And my husband is a feminist, and I think it's normal. And, and um, <laughs> I'm here, he takes care of the kids. <laughs> so yes. uh, it, it's, it's okay. I, I don't know what it changes actually in my style. What can change my style is... um, I don't know, I don't even know what it can be. Um, I I have a rhythm that is almost biological. Uh, It it flows in my veins, and I I, I know exactly what it is. So that, you can't change it.
0: Mm. In the novel, Tom is Dead, Mm -hmm. uh, you write about the loss of a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was also this is kind of a famous story when it comes to that novel, because another writer, Mm -hmm. uh, she accused you of plagiarism and it really psychological plagiarism, Yes, psychological (laughs) theft, which is a very Mm -hmm. interesting uh, thing to try Mm -hmm. to do. You sort of won. That battle or however, so silly. yes, yes but, but
1: no, I mean, she actually had lost a child. So she thought I didn't have a right to invent the story. Like the, It was already a problem of blasphemy, which is quite interesting. There are some people who think you don't have a right to write what you write or to draw what you draw. And, uh, and I, it, it was kind of interesting, uh, but, but a bit silly, really. I, I think it's... It's completely irrelevant. But what, what I'm... Well, well it, it, it might dis... I, yeah, well, it, the, you, the, the point you mm. make is mm. that I <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but what could change my writing would be the death of one of my children. Because yes. I, as anybody else, I don't know how I could cope with that. It's just the worst nightmare. So perhaps that would deeply... Uh, Block me or whatever. I wrote that novel because it was my worst nightmare, and also because my mother had lost a child, and my father they had lost their firstborn. So I knew exactly what I was doing, and I anyway that's what that's why the story was silly, of course. But um, yes, the worst. But you know, uh, now my kids they are going out alone in Paris, so it's it's really it's very bizarre to. When I was uh, 15 or 20, it would not have crossed my mind that I could die in a cinema, or in a café, or even at school, you know. And now it's possible. Yeah. So it's um, we are talking of things that are re- very, you know, real
0: yes but mm. but that's the terror of this yeah that's the uh, yeah, terror yes, that's that's, that's
1: how the terror works
0: that, that it it mm. was really and
1: it's it's yeah. very it's very easy to say let's not be scared let's go on and and i'm i'm the first one who says that i was in a theater yesterday night with one of my daughters and uh, it, it was programmed for it was her birthday so we had programmed that for a long time and i was so happy you know before and after the attacks i was not happy i was only anxious, very anxious, and I thought, "You are silly. You are irresponsible to go in the theater today with your daughter." But we decided to go, and uh, and the the theater was full, full. <laughs> Nobody had cancelled. It was so good to mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. But during all the show, I was, um, you know, hearing the noises.
0: It's it's kind of exhausting. <laughs> yes, but, but but how do you? This is an impossible question <laughs> to ask. But 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 how do you feel? What should we do to defend the freedom? To defend the freedom of mm. speech and try to to lead our lives, uh, lives without know, being it's run It's a cliche, by but a, yeah. uh,
1: keep uh, calm and carry on. Yes. It's, uh, phew, what can we do? Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yes. Mm. But, but if you look upon... Because now it's almost 20 years since you, your debut as yeah, a, as a it's, writer. Yeah. Next year it will be 20 mm-hmm. years. And uh, how do you see... It's ten novels altogether. Seven of them are published mm-hmm. in Swedish as well. And uh, what do you say about your own development, your own involvement? Have you looked upon yourself since you're a psychoanalyst mm. <laughs> uh, from, from outside? Yes.
1: Um, I have too many novels mm. in my mind uh, mm. for for the rest of my life. I mm. mean life will be too short whatever mm. i i I remember the the musician Bjork saying the same thing i have there 's too much music in my mind for 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 my lifetime so I have this feeling i 'm very impassioned. One of the things i 've learned uh, is to get a bit more slower slower um, to take more time to breathe <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, am, I have so many novels in my mind. I, I just want to write them. Um,
0: and you never look back? You never think about what you've done? Or um, when I look back, I think it's, a, it's good. It could be better, but mm-hmm. it's good. Um,
1: um, I'm quite happy with what I've done. Uh, <laughs> I, I never really, you know, I never read my books again, but when sometimes I have to read them apart in public or where there is an adaptation in theater for example, and I hear some sentences, it, it's this feeling of um, uncanny, you know, l'inquiétante étrangeté. Did I really write this? Mm. And, uh, and I and I think it's not that bad. It's mm. uh, it's okay. <laughs> I could I but I know I can do better. So I'm I will be 47. Uh, and I hope I live long, uh, and I, I I will get yeah better. I, I I know what I
0: have to do. It's hard. It's very difficult, but I'll try. I'll try. Yes. So there's not. Is there any one of your novels that's uh, closer to your heart, or that has a special meaning uh, to you? Um,
1: my second one, because mm-hmm. the second one is always harder to mm-hmm. write, perhaps, and, and it was very um, close to my life at that time. Uh, I, I, I I I was married, and I I didn't have the courage. To to leave my husband. I was young. I had married too early. And I wrote the novel to be able to divorce him, in a way. <laughs> <I> <laughs> so it's it's a novel that's dear to my heart. And, um, and also, I like the baby, yes. Mm, uh, mm. But you see, it's for sentimental, personal reasons. Yes. I, I, it's very hard to me to judge which book is better lit- on a literary point of view. But in my heart, there are some of them
0: that are very close to me. But we also spoke a little just before getting on here, because I, I also have some question about you and uh, Michel Houellebecq, mm-hmm. because you are often mentioned at the same time, especially when people from other countries write about French mm. uh, fiction. But you also feel that there are, I mean, you're very different, but there are also certain similarities in the fact that you you like to to play with difficult topics. Topics you mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. provoke, you like to make something happen. Yes? I think
1: um, we have uh, well, we have two points in common. Our names are in Eck, well, Beck and Dioufek. Also, we, we are compared because, for example, in the United States, they translate so few people that are not anglophone that they compare us. But also to pick, to speak more seriously. We do not, I don't think him or I provoke on purpose. We don't have a choice. The world is provocative. The world is uh, violent and uh, difficult, and sometimes also very uh, exciting and beautiful. And um, I think I'm more um, happy than he is, basically. Even in our life, uh, I mean, it's not a secret. And um, so... Our books are different also in their tone I, i'm more uh, he's in the darkness and I'm more in the light and I know i is he right am i wrong i don't know i don't know it's not a moral thing you know it's just our the color we use are not the same, mm. but yes, we deal with um, our anxieties um, we we act like sponges, you know uh, writers are sponges they take the anxiety or the joys or. Or the,
0: the feelings of, of the, the people—that's our job. But is there any other writer that you feel strongly connected to, in France or in general? Um, Your choice. Okay. <laughs> mm. um,
1: I, I am a, a bit of a. Uh, a I, I read a lot of African literature and. Uh, it's not translated enough, uh, and especially in France, we receive, we welcome uh, the African Francophone literature, but the Francophony, which is a quite a complex topic, um, makes a sort of blocks the Anglophone African literature, which is very interesting because the Anglophone literature, African literature, especially from Nigeria and Zimbabwe, they don't speak to the ex colonizator they speak to themselves. And the French African literature, the Francophone African literature, I'm going to generalize, but it's my feeling. They have more, they, they speak to France. You see what I mean? They. The, the, the Anglophone Africans, they don't, they don't care. Uh, they write their own stories. And they have geniuses, like uh, Chinua Achebe, Soinka, who had the Nobel Prize, but Chinua Achebe, or this guy in Kenya, uh, Nungi, Tiong'o, Nyungi, or, uh, or for the, the wonderful Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. They have complex names, but I have a very complex name, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I read them a lot. Uh, they are, wow. Uh, the power of literature, it, it was, you know, at some times it was in South America, Garcia Marquez, Vargas Llosa. now it's in Africa. And uh, we don't read them enough. And I try to push them in France a lot. Yes. Some of them don't need me. <laughs> <laughs> but some of, uh, there's this girl in Zimbabwe, Tzinti Nangbarengba, uh, who wrote Nervous Condition. Nervous Condition is a masterpiece, a masterpiece. And I, it's hard, you know, I try to push this.
0: Novels, but but what's your plan now then for this uh, the novel that you have been working on for three years, so the refugee one, or do you have a plan
1: or I have a plan, uh, uh, yes. uh, my and my plan is very material. I, I have another um, trip at the end of the month, uh, and then I stop. I stay home from December to. April at least and I write and I do nothing but write and do pilate <laughs> and take care of my kids and um, and write uh, for also for Charlie Hebdo, which is very important to my heart but uh, I stay home and I write and I'm I, I know uh, I-, I will let uh, the novel roll just roll I I, I know uh, it's hard for me to talk about it not yes. because it's a secret just because it's it's really a matter of feeling and and um, um it's fragile and it has to develop i i don't want to je ne veux pas le figer je, i don't want to it has to
0: blossom yes yes <laughs> but has it been more difficult because of this uh, very, I mean, you have written about difficult topics, but this is uh, because of the fact that it's so present and so... It is arrogant. difficult. It, it yeah. is
1: more difficult than other topics. Uh, it is. Uh, so it took me three years to um, know exactly how I could... Uh, where I was going to put my camera, mm. because that's very important also when you write, the point of view. And it starts, you know, uh, is, is it going to be a, a, an eye? or a she that talks, you know, it's very important. So it will be a she, uh, and uh, I know exactly where I will put my camera,
0: and not directly on the migrants, No, of course not. But that's funny you mentioned that, because I actually had a question about whether, what perspective, that's your usual perspective, because it's not easy to say whether it's from Uh, Uh, the outside, whether you're looking at your characters, Mm -hmm. or if it's from within, because you kind of do both at the same time. Yes, Yes. I
1: I, I know exactly where is my camera, and it's, uh, and I know when I, yeah, I, you're uh, you're right, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, if it's Solange, (laughs) Mm. I'm here, Mm. I'm here, sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm almost here, yes, and and I'm never too far, but it's, uh, it's I mean, all the writers know how to do that. I mean,
0: if they know what they do, they, they do these sort of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to take a look at this again. And uh, we were going to let you, the audience, ask some questions too, if you, if you wanted to. And uh, I don't know, there is a microphone. There is perhaps some light we might need also. And now this this awkward moment. <laughs> Please raise your hands, whoever <laughs> wants to ask a question. <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> you see, this is Sweden. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Very nice to you here in Stockholm. Thank you. There's, there's a microphone I'm throwing you. Just a minute. First of all, Decision.
1: The, 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 my first novel.
0: Le, le, um, oui, twi- pictures, uh, I, I can yeah, yeah, In I, Swedish, uh, it's suggestioner. Uh, 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 yes. le rhinocéros. Rhinocéros? I thought about him when I, when I read your book. Huh? Are you influenced by him with this
1: transformation from Ionesco, pas vraiment, no? <laughs> 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 no, it's very different. No, it's more... I was dealing with the... It's uh, nice. I mean, it's... No, no, no. I, you. I, I thank you for the, for the reference. I mean, yeah. he's a great writer. Yeah. He's a reg- but yeah. he really deals with theater, which I'm not. Yeah. And uh, theater and novels are very different. In the way you write them, uh, a sentence in a novel is not at all a sentence on a stage. It's not made the same. It's not uh, A sentence on a stage has to be said by a body. It's very hard to do because there are so many sentences on stage that are useless. In a novel, the novel is much more welcoming to all sorts of sentences. So uh, I can't. I've been. I've been. uh, If I've been uh, influenced, it it was more by uh, really by the mythologies, the Greek mythologies, Homer, Ovid, all these transformations. They are in my blood. And sometimes people um, mention Kafka, but even Kafka, Kafka and the women, you know, he, he, he knew nothing about women, <laughs> so it's, um, no. But uh, thank you for UNESCO, but uh, it's not too much my, uh, my style. <laughs>
0: Some other question?
1: OK? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bonjour. In English? Yeah. I will ask the question in English. Just a uh, so French citizen. I've been living in uh, Sweden for 25 years. So I'm almost Swedish. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is feminism going? To? Uh, in what direction fem- feminism is feminism going to uh, in France? Okay. Is it uh, going backwards? Is it going forward? Is it? It's going forward. It's going forward, but not in all the parts of the population, obviously. Uh, One of my biggest fears is that uh, we elect the first woman president as Marine Le Pen. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it would be a catastrophe. (laughs) I don't think it (laughs) will going to happen. But uh, she will be on the second uh, tour, I Mm. am afraid. But anyway, no, French feminism is very diverse. It's very uh, the young people. uh, I'm part of a um, a, a seminar in a university in Saint-Denis. Uh, where very young people, 22, 23, um, deal with matters that are very new to me, with the genre, and uh, with Judith Butler and this, and this sort of uh, thinkers, and uh, they teach me a lot of things. And I think, um, well, th- there is the intellectual feminism that's very lively, and in the streets it is changing at at last. I think um, men behave better, <laughs> perhaps because I'm getting older also. But (laughs) But I I can see that um, the streets are more welcoming to women in France. Um, There there are these campaigns against harassing, street harassing, and in the metro also. This is very new. At last, the country um, realizes that we don't like to be... um, uh, hailed, you know, in the street. Mm-hmm. We don't like to be called in the street. We d- we want to just live our life, and that the street belong to us, like men. It is changing. It is. It is. I think it is getting better. And there are movements, different movements, uh, fighting together, of course. But uh, very, it's very alive. You, I, I'm not sure if you agree, but that's my feeling in in France at the moment. And the young generation at school. School is school is really good. I mean, they, they, they do diffuse. Good ideas and the the books they study, for example, uh, some are not. uh, But uh, the the um, you see more and more uh, young uh, female characters full of strength, uh, acting. uh, I mean, uh, being active in their life, etc. It's getting better, really. (laughs) But it's going to be a
0: long way. (laughs) The books they study. It sounds wonderful to our ears. Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> they don't read a lot of books at all in <laughs> Swedish schools. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, then, Marie Darise. Thank you. Merci.